0: today 242 of Shaped by the Word, we're in our third season together, uh, the story of the prophets. Uh, we are technically reading not a prophecy but a, a lament, uh, but it is a lament that uh, more than likely comes from the heart of Jeremiah and its character it reflects Jeremiah's prophecy and it even reflects Jeremiah's personal experience at the hands of his enemies as he is trying to call a nation in- into repentance. Um, it's a really nice piece of Hebrew literature. You have, you know, five, uh, five acrostic, uh, you know, uh, psalms or, or laments. And by that, it means that each you know line starts with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The middle is three times as long as you know, any of the other, so it brings it to attention and has a lot of weight. And the very center of the middle is the hope that we have in God, and, and of course, that is the overall message of Lamentations. We move to chapter four, and it'll be a mirror of chapter two, so we're going back, you know, to the hard edges of what suffering looks like with a nation under siege. And so we've moved away from hope back into suffering, uh, but the suffering is always at the center of, of the message of this book. So we pick up in Limitations, you know, chapter four. We come to God's word as a gift from God uh, to do his work in us. Not every genre we read of God's word is a, a genre that we would naturally gravitate to. Lamentation is one of the the harder pieces of literature to read until, of course, you find yourself in in deep grief and suffering Mm -hmm. and you realize that lamentation is an invitation to bring even our most misguided complaints before God and and to resolve them in Him. And uh, God is, is bigger, you know, than... Our, you know, delicate little prayers where we feel like everything has to be, you know, exactly right. We can bring raw emotion into the presence of the Lord. And matter of fact, that's probably the best place for us to bring it so that we can resolve it in His grace. So let's just prepare our hearts as we read. Father, thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the beauty of your word. It expresses the heights and the depths of our experience, expresses the beauty of your grace that draws us, you know, to you. Uh, we thank you for how real uh, those who, who bore your word were. We thank you, Father, that they are in many ways just like us. Their experience is just like us. And we thank you for the call, you know, to be settled in you. So we read today with great anticipation that even in this harsh lament from thousands of years ago that you will meet us and mold us it's in your holy name we pray amen limitations chapter four how the gold has lost its luster the fine gold become dull sacred gems are scattered at every street corner how the precious children of zion once worth their weight in gold are now considered as pots of clay in the work of a potter's hands even jackals offer their breasts to nurse their young, but my people have become heartless like ostriches in the desert. Because of thirst, the of its tongue sticks to the roof of its mouth. The children beg for bread, but no one gives it to them. Those who want its delicacies are destitute in the streets. Those brought up in royal purple now lie on ash heaps. The punishment of my people is greater than that of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment without a hand turned to help her. Their princes are are brighter than snow and whiter than milk. Their bodies more ruddy than rubies. Their appearance like lapis lazuli. But now they are blacker than soot. They are not recognized in the streets. Their skin is shriveled on their bones. It has become as dry as a stick. Those killed by the sword are better off than those who die of famine. Racked with hunger, they waste away for lack of food from the field. With their own hands, compassionate women have cooked their own children who have become their food when my people were destroyed. Lord has given full vent to His wrath. He has poured out His fierce anger. He kindled a fire in Zion that consumed her foundations. The kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the people of the world, that enemies and foes could enter the gates of Jerusalem. But it happened because of their sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who shed within her the blood of the righteous. Now they grip through the streets as if they were blind. They're so defiled with blood that no one dares to touch their garments. Go away, you are unclean. People cry to them. Away, away, don't touch us. When they flee and wander about, people among the nations say, they can stay here no longer. The Lord himself has scattered them. He no longer watches over them. The priests are no honor. The elders no favor. Moreover, our eyes failed, looking in vain for help. From our towers, we watched for a nation that could not save us. People stalked us at every step so we could not walk in our streets. Our end was near. Our days were numbered, for our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than eagles in the sky. They chased us over the mountains and lay in wait for us in the desert. The Lord's anointed, our very breath, was caught in their traps, We thought that under his shadow we would live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, daughter of Edom, you who live in the land of Uz. Uh, But to you also the cup will be passed. You will be drunk and stripped naked. Your punishment will end, daughter of Zion. He will not prolong your exile, but he will punish your sins, daughter Edom, and expose your wickedness. You have um, you know, there at the end that uh, your punishment will end and your exile, you know, will not be prolonged. And, and of course, that's you know where we have you just kind of the small glimpse of hope as we move back, you know, to the peripheries, into the, you know, to the suffering, uh, you know, that we've seen in the rest of uh, in the rest of this, you know, the rest of this lament. And you have, you know, in verse twenty, the Lord's very you know, anointed our very life and breath, you know, the Davidic king that sat on the throne that meant all is right with the world. We thought surely under the shadow, you know, of his wing, you know, that we could thrive as a nation. Uh, And of course that did not happen with Zedekiah, Mm -hmm. you know, the last king of Israel, who was, you know, taken from the throne and horribly punished, you know, at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, but it did happen with the return of in you know, a Christ in a true Jerusalem, you know, that truly we can thrive under this King, because He is a very embodiment, you know, of God's grace. What an image in the name of Jim fifteen! Go away, you who are unclean! People cry to them, "Away, away! Don't touch us!" Uh, again, another reversal where this would have been those who were unclean in Israel having to cover themselves and say, you know, declaring unclean and not fit to be in the presence of God and the presence of others and. And yet, it's the nations telling Israel to go away. We see that you're unfit. You're yeah, unclean, and, and even more pointedly, you know who he's addressing here. Are you know are prophets and yeah. priests? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're the ones who are Should've you know pronounce people clean yeah. or unclean, and they're the ones who call people you know to repentance and to cleansing. But. Yeah when even your prophets and your priests are unclean, mm-hmm. you know, how can your nation, you know, thrive? And, of course, this is the importance of godly leadership, you know, as a foundation of a nation, the foundation of a home, the foundation, you know, of a church, foundation, you know, even of, of, of a work, you know, of a work team. And, and at the very heart of what, you know, God, you know, calls us into as shepherds who care for the people rather than for themselves. And you see the disintegration in Israel into the second place in the very heart of the people yeah. who should have been the one who called them to purity of heart.
1: Uh, this is wild, just how far they've mm-hmm. gone from yeah. what they, what the Lord desired for them, what they were supposed to be to the nations. Now the nations don't even want them and mm-hmm. they're scattered and, you know, the priests show no honor, the elders, no favor. And uh, it's just hard to read, you know, cause we read through the storyline of scripture, you mm-hmm. know, in the last season. And so we, we know the story, and we know where it started, and we know where it's going. But these are just those difficult moments to have to read, and 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 just consider how far they've gone, and, and makes us consider, you know, where are we, and and where's our faithfulness, and 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 service to the Lord. But yeah, like what you said, they've <clears throat> they've gone from the highest of heights to the lowest of lows because they've gone from people who are eating delicacies to not even being able to provide for their children. And so um, this is, uh, and and I'm really um, even intrigued because he says in three that they've become heartless. So even in this, there's still not a heart shift for them. They're still as, as ostriches in the desert, which is, Quite sad. <laughs>
0: yeah, the ostriches are, are famous for, you know, laying a leg and, and laying a leg. Just <laughs> <Interesting. laughs> Lay, laying an egg and, and, and abandoning yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and uh, you have, of course, the, the, uh, the ugliest expression of this. Even cooking. moms who were once compassionate end up, mm-hmm. you know, cooking their own children, which, yeah, you know, did happen in the siege of Samaria mm-hmm. and is implied may have happened. Also around the siege of Jerusalem, you know, that uh, there's just a sense of desperation, which is beyond anything we could possibly imagine, the experience, you know, that we could possibly, you know, imagine. But even even in that sense, uh, people, you know, once they've abandoned God, move into some really dark and some ugly places and mm-hmm. you know in desperation and self-preservation mm-hmm. and that's what Israel has been reduced to or Judah and Israel have been well, you reduced know to it, yeah.
1: it. you know it's bad when the gold has lost its, it's, it's, uh, it's luster it's it's a it's luster it's dull <laughs> the gems are just scattered or like when the a ostrich scat- lays like <laughs> yeah. well, to the ostrich we went on the safari yeah. and they had ostriches and they are heartless creatures um I guarantee that but it's just like everything that, you know, was valued is not valued. And it's just, it's just like everything seems upside down right now and in need of a savior, maybe. Yeah,
0: in the Hebrew, it's actually, you know, it's, it's a, you know, the gold has corroded, which, you know, gold in and of itself, you know, cannot, you know, cannot do, you know, pure, pure gold. But, you know, it's it's just like common, you know, like common iron, it's now rusted, it's now corroded, it's, and what he's saying, the things that you once, you know, thought were so precious to you, they're, they're absolutely worthless mm-hmm. in, in a moment of calamity and a moment of hope, and, and of course, if you go back, you know, to the prophecies of Jeremiah, it talks about the ridiculousness of the idols that you have mm-hmm. worshipped because they, they look nice on yourself, but they cannot help you in a time of need. Mm-hmm. Only the Lord has, or only the Lord can do this, and you've rejected Him. And we, I mean, we even see a little bit of that in 17 where, mm-hmm. moreover, our eyes fell looking in vain for help from our towers. We watched for a nation you know, mm-hmm. that could not save mm-hmm. us. We longed for our, our idols to come, you know, for those that we hoped in or those who we entrusted
1: ourselves to, partnered with.
0: No, you, you have, you know, kind of that threefold move. You know, relying on our kings and our priests, and they failed us. Relying on our wealth, and it failed us. You know, relying on other nations and our allies, and, and they failed us. And of course, you know, the very heart of this, you know, and back in you know, the middle of chapter three, you know, is the Lord's unfailing love and the Lord's great compassion. Mm-hmm. And yet they rejected the one who was, you know, unfailing in his devotion and great in his love and, and compassionate. And, of course, that is a harsh picture of idolatry. We trust in people. We trust in our stuff. We trust in you know, uh, our our alliances. And we feel secure, not because we're secure mm-hmm. in the Lord, but because we're secure in all of these nice, comfortable things you know, that, that surround us. Mm-hmm. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer?
1: No, let's pray. Father, how incredible that when, when we rejected you, you did not reject us. Um, and you sent your son for us. Um, and so, Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, and how, when we were heartless, you and your grace gave us new hearts. And so, may uh, may that truth um, renew our hearts, restore our hearts, and give us affections um, not for the things of this world, but for for you and you alone. We okay. pray this all in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen.